All right, all right. I'm not afraid of heights, I just don't want to fall down. Okay, good introduction. Uh, hello, welcome. It's a new day. No, it's a. For some, it's like, yes, finally, we're done with this. Uh, other people, ah, oh, man, it was going so well. Uh, it's the day uh, you maybe have looked forward to or not looked forward to. We will, Lord willing, finish uh, Sakurai. No, yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the book. <laughs> today. Uh, and we will kind of continue from last time. It was just a little bit too long to do everything. So we'll go in the same... Uh, same... Uh, what is that called? Same vein of... Uh, it, it's because I put my book in the wrong... <laughs> I put this in the wrong one. Uh, sorry. There. Uh, we'll go in the same... Um, uh, theme of we were in last one where the Lord will be king of all the earth and his name will be one and God will show who he is as a true being over all the earth. That's like where we went and, and ended last time. And so we'll pick it up from there and then the rest of the chapter, so 10 through 21. Uh, we'll go a little bit fast over this. Uh, if you have questions, just ask me afterwards. It's Most of you have seen uh, these slides before, so Zechariah prophesies it's 520 to 550 before uh, Jesus. Um, it's a situation where God's people have disobeyed God and have been thrown into exile for 70 years. Now God is calling his people back to Jerusalem and to himself. Um, but they don't really have the land anymore. They have a very small piece and there's lots of uh, enemies around and they have very little and are actually oppressed even by the people around having to appeal to the king that sent them back uh, so that he would uh, let them build, rebuild the temple and also um, lay down the walls and lay down different things. So... Uh, <coughs> It's a, it's a crisis, you can say. The people are in a crisis, and Zechariah and Haggai come and have to encourage, or are sent to encourage the people towards God to see what God is doing and what we God will do. And so that's what we've been going through. Um, yes. Yes, so let's read uh, the last part of the book. And so we will be reading from 10 and then through the rest of the book, which is 21. The whole land shall be turned into a plain from Giba to Rimon, south of Jerusalem. But Jerusalem shall remain aloft on its site from the gate of Benjamin into the gate place of the former gate to the corner, corner gate and from the tower of Hananel to the king's winepress. And it shall be inhabited 
inhabit it, for there shall never again be a decree of utter destruction. Jerusalem shall dwell in security. And this shall be the plague with which the peop with the Lord will strike all the people that wage war against Jerusalem. Their flesh will rot while they are still standing on their feet. Their eyes will rot in their sockets and their tongues will rot in their mouths. And on that day, a great panic from the Lord shall fall on them so that each will seize the hand of another and the hand of the one will be raised against the hand of another. Even, even Judah will fight at Jerusalem and the wealth of the surrounding nations will be collected. Gold, silver, garments in great abundance. And a plague like this plague shall fall on the horses, mules, camels, donkeys, and whatever beast may be in those camps. And everyone who survives all the nations of all the nations that have come against Jerusalem shall go up year after year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of booths. And if any of the families of the earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, there will be no rain on them. And in the family of Egypt, and if, and if the family of Egypt did not go up to present themselves then there'll be no then there shall be no rain there shall be plague which with the lord afflicts the nations that do not go up to keep the feast of booths oh this shall be the punishment to egypt and to the punishment to all the nations that do not go up, up to keep the feast of booths and on that day there shall be inscribed in the bells of the horses, holy to the Lord. And on the pots in the house of the Lord shall be as the bowls before the altar. And every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holy to the Lord of hosts. So that all who sacrifice may come and take of them and boil meat of the sacrifice in them. And there shall be no longer a traitor in the house of the Lord of hosts on that day. So here is uh, some uh, names, uh, and I think we had uh, small up there, but um, it's the, that green small part there. Uh huh. There is enlarged over here. And so Jerusalem, Giba, Rimon, and so this is supposed this is where this is supposed to be a plain and then still Jerusalem up. And maybe sometimes you're confused about up and down, north and south in the Bible because um it's because of Jerusalem is on a hill. So when you go up to Jerusalem Although you might be going south, so but I don't know about you, because in Denmark you would say, if you're in Aarhus, I'll go up to Olvor because it's north. 
but not so. At least that has confused me sometimes. But um, <coughs> so this is where, this is what they're talking about. There's much debate about. Uh, there's much debate where that exactly is, if, but that you can read those debates yourself. Um, so that's what he is talking about there. This, will, this will, and you remember the, uh, also the last. Maybe you remember the last other times where we, 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 there will be made away like last week we talked about the lord will stand and split uh oh maybe that's actually the next slide yes it's possible to see up there but there's also talks about these places there uh so i uh, zoomed in so that the zoom in one and so these blue parts is what maybe what they're talking about these tower the tower of her her the tower of her is there is in this part, so this is a part of the city, and then they talk about the different gates, and there's, uh, yes, so kind of trying to show a little bit about where it is. <clears throat> but if we should shorten it a little bit, is that last week we uh, we had the Lord come down and split a valley so people could come this way, and now this, uh, this is, uh, is 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 evening it out. Uh maybe you remember uh Isaiah or John the Baptist talking about uh clearing uh every mountain will be made low and every height will be made low. This is this is also maybe some of the things that's talked about here. We were making it low so it's possible to go there. But Jerusalem will still be lifted up. Will stay lifted up. So this is like the really good news of the people. So if we remember, uh, maybe remember a little bit back there, there was this strong call to return to God in the beginning, to trust God, and then God talked about like enemies coming and that God will punish the enemies, but also that then we've just the last few weeks that God will actually punish his own people as well. And the the big problem they had in the beginning and in this time was that they were not secure. And they were harassed by the people around them and they couldn't have um, any safety. But here God gives this great encouragement. And I was actually reminded about what God says to Noah as well. And he says, and it shall be inhabited, and there shall never again be a decree of utter destruction. Jerusalem shall dwell securely. When God says to Noah, I will not destroy again, I will not destroy the the world with water again. So God says, I will not utterly destroy Jerusalem again. So and for these people, being oppressed, being in uh, not secure from oppression of other nations. This is a great promise of hope. There will be a day when they dwell and secure in the city. And also, maybe also what we talked about earlier, like I would say, like the God will then God will be the God will be the one that's protecting them. And it's talked about God being a the one of a wall of fire around them. So maybe that would lead the people that was oppressed to be greatly motivated for 
being obedient and to follow God, to believe that God could keep them secure. And you can say further encouragement comes in 12 when God says that the ones that comes against them, will they will rot. Oh, technically. That they, the plagues that God will put on the people that wage war against Jerusalem, that it will be their flesh will rot while they're still standing on their feet. And eyes will rot in their sockets and their tongues will rot in their mouths. And God will afflict them with a great panic and they will start killing one another instead of, uh, of fighting against Jerusalem. Again, some echoes of what has happened before in time where God would say, I will fight for you. Wait for me. I will fight for you. And other times where two enemies would start fighting each other and killing each other because of confusion. God would strike the people with a plague fighting against and there will be chaos and panic and they will fight one another. And it says in 14, the Judah will also come and fight at Jerusalem um, and fight against uh, the nations. And then we have this part, uh, there's, there's a lot of lot of things that that um, have some of the same with the plagues as well echoes of the exodus of the exodus of Egypt and uh, the, here again we have one of these things where uh, they will collect gold and silver and in abundance and if you maybe remember back into exodus that when the Israelites are kicked out they leave with the wealth of Egypt because their neighbors and other people give them give them wealth and so that <clears throat> and then in uh, 15 again the plague will also fall not just on the humans but also on whatever animal is used uh, in the fight as well uh, oh, that was, And so that all the things that are coming against will rot and fall away. And then he goes to talk to what, what about the people that survive all of this? Well, they will each year go up and worship the king, the one that we talked about last time. The Lord will be king of all the earth. And he that is true being one God will be the one ruling the whole earth. Everyone will go up uh, once a year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts. This title that God has used for himself in the whole book, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies, which is a good title, again, if you are oppressed and in, sh in danger, there can be a much comfort found in that name um, then they shall go up and keep the feast of booths and and if any families do not go up there will be no rain uh, so there is a you should come and worship God if you don't there will be no rain on you Maybe you're like, I don't exactly remember what the Feast of Boost is. 
Well, I did read it about it. So, <laughs> it's if you remember, I'm assuming a lot of things right now. You remember when the people came and asked if they should still fast and they should still do these things because the temple was destroyed. God rebuked them and said, you're not fasting for me, you're just doing it for yourself. Now God institutes this particular thing as a remembrance of when they came out of Egypt, that they would live in uh, in made-up small huts for a week, remembering how God took them out of of Egypt. But also, it is a it is a festival that is you can read more about it in Leviticus twenty three. <clears throat> it's on the fifteen days of the seventh month after the harvest. So it's a celebration of who God is. Celebration and great joy. You are demanded to be joyful <laughs> and rejoice for a week. The first day and the last seventh day shall be days of solemn solemn rest. But it's a, it's a time to rejoice in who God is and what God has done. So it's an invitation for all the people to come and worship God for who God is. And not in a way of like, oh, I have to go. You have to <laughs> imagine that it's something very joy-filled. Or at least the intention is that it's God provides. God is amazing. God is the Lord of hosts that is worthy of all our praise. He created everything. He provides everything. And this would be a, a reminder to go do that. And so first it's it's a reminder that they have as they come out of Egypt and they get it from Moses. And it, as they go out of Egypt um, and also as the prophets, again, if you read more of the prophets, it would say, the well, the Lord that took you out of Egypt, now you will say, the Lord who brought you back from exile. Um So so all these people well should come and worship God for who God is. Um but what if you don't? Well if you don't we there's no there will fall no rain. And that will be a great plague. And then we see that that's said in 16 and then in in 17 and then in 18 we have also <coughs> concerning people from Egypt that doesn't come to worship that they will also receive the same that they don't if they don't want to keep this festival and worship God for who God is then they will receive the punishment and the 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 the, the plague And then we have in this injury. Oh, sorry. Thank you, please. Oh, I actually missed the whole line. This one. I. So then, in t in the end, in twenty and twenty-one, the Lord talks about horses, and there I was just, 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 long confused about the horses, 
Uh, but the horse is, is an unclean animal, uh, or what's it called? It's an un, uh, ritualistic, unclean animal. And uh, some of the pots are also not clean. But in this case, God's going to make everything clean and everything holy. So we come from a place <coughs> of deep trouble and deep problems and all sorts of things. But then, now then, everything will be made holy and be set apart from God, even animals that was before unholy. This was in my mind, I was thinking about when Jesus was, as we went through Matthew a while ago, and as Jesus was interacting with people that was ritualistically unho um, unclean and, and unholy according to the law, when Jesus touched them, he never became unclean. But they became holy. So I think this is what's going to be happening is that God will, will now make all things clean and all things holy. Set apart for whom God is. In 21, you see that all of a sudden there's not a temple full of people selling all sorts of things. Selling animals to be slaughtered. Selling 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 a million prophets there'll be no enemies um, because people are not going to seek profit from one another and abuse the house of the Lord now things will be made holy and will be ready to worship God who there. That also was reminding me about what it was not like when Jesus went there. And John talks about how he gets really mad and whips at people that are abusing God's house to make money and to um, to seek profit. So that the the place would be holy. They will not be God's enemies. When we look at the whole book we went through of of uh, of Zechariah, it's it's a whole book that starts in a big crisis. Uh, but the Lord comes near. God he calls his people to repent and not do what their forefathers did because they were dead and they had been sent into exile. It was not just that they had to return to, to the land, they had to return to God. Jesus, when he comes on the scene, he, in Mark, has some of the same words. He says, repent because the kingdom of God has come near. So don't just repent, but repent to God. Repent and come to the truth of who God is. So in this big crisis, there is no one who can save except God. 
God sends his prophet to encourage them that there's a better future. That we talked about how there's a future of the cleansing of the priesthood, the cleansing of the leadership and the kingship, the judgment of God's enemies, the God's judgment of God's people, the Lord of hosts being the one who provides the nations becoming God's people a few times mentioned that God will actually incorporate people who are not his people to be his people. The Gentiles would come and be God's people. We have the vision of the humble king coming on a donkey. We have, in that way, God, the Lord of hosts, providing and the Lord striking himself striking his shepherd. The shepherd dying for the sheep. And the great hope that God becomes the God of all the earth. That God is a mighty warrior who fights for his people. And even for animals and things. And he will make the land holy. The New Testament writers are not in doubt who the shepherd is. Who the humble king is. Who the one struck is. Who the one killed by the people for the people. Who the one God provided as an offering. The one who also cleansed the temples, healed the sick unclean, cast out demons, the one who can make people holy. The one by his death, his life, and his resurrection. And the hope of his return as the warrior king, the one who pays and deceased for us, the Messiah, God Almighty, in Jesus Christ. That's who the New Testament is was sure that the shepherd was. The guy on the donkey, the one struck. So what then for us is this book, other than confusing, and it's about horses. Well, I think this book reminds us about the same thing. That this world and all of us need to repent from our own way and to God for obedience because joy is only found in God that's created us. God always, the God makes a way for us. One of the things that struck you most, and I think maybe you're tired of me saying, God is so patient with the people and with us. In Jesus, there's great hope. Jesus will be the king of all the earth. And God will make all things right in his sight. As I just said ahead of myself, God is extremely patient. He's extremely kind. He's slow to anger. The provider of salvation, humble, willing to suffer, be struck. He's also a warrior. Because rejection of God and his Messiah. Rejection of Jesus will be fatal and it will 
lead to judgment. It is clear from this book and the books in the Old Testament. God has slowed anger, abounding steadfast love, but he's not going to clear the guilty. But in Christ, there's provision. So what about you? What does this book mean to you? Other than maybe it was more strange than the books that you normally read in the Bible. Well, my hope has been can say it's like the same with all the books that we read did you have got a better bigger picture of who God is a joy filled picture of who God is that you will experience more of who God is as you read Zechariah the hope of God as king I hope also that it will motivate you to not skip some books in the Bible. But that you will read all the books in your Bible praying that God will open your eyes by the Holy Spirit to understand more of who Jesus is and who God is. That you and I may worship God and enjoy Jesus more by the Holy Spirit. And it might encourage us to live as lights and salt in the world, sharing this amazing God with others. The one who is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one only true God. So I hope that has been an encouragement as we have gone through Zechariah. I would say God has not let me down any time we have studied any of those books so I pray that you with joy will share this and other things about who Jesus is. Jesus, the hope of all the world. The King of heaven and earth. Amen. Let's pray. God, um, thank you. Thank you as you, out of the overflow of who you are, created the universe and everything in it. Uh, knowing that even your creation will turn against you. Um, you and your wise counsel prepared a way for us to be restored to you. Long-suffering, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Continuing to call people to repentance. You entering the world through Jesus and Jesus, you being able and wanting <clears throat> to be the suffering servant to be the shepherd struck the one dying for the people for the glory of your father and for the good of us thank you 
Thank you for conquering death and sin and all things. Thank you that all powers in the world shiver as, at who you are. God, thank you that you are a warrior that wars against all evil. Thank you for providing for us in Jesus. Thank you for, in this book of Zechariah, showing us more of who you are and your amazement, amazing majesty of who you are. So pray for all of us, Lord, that you continue to show who you are. Pray for each person wherever they're at, whether, whether we think you can't do something or you should have done something to me else, Lord. I pray you meet us in that. I pray you enlarge in our understanding of who you are. I pray it would affect us so much that it will come out and we will live it out for who you are. And thank you in Jesus' name.